Hey, all you 5GFA fans. Boy, are we excited to introduce the first annual Flicky Awards. Go to 5GFAPod.com to vote for your favorite Five Guys Flicking Around moments, segments, and guests. Until the end of 2019, voting will be open, and in early 2020, we will have a special podcast highlighting the nominees, winners, and everyone in between who made this first season of podcasting so magical. That means you, Kevin Sorbo, Brett Ratner, and Matt Bailey. So head to 5GFAPod.com now to vote on the Flickies, buy t-shirts, cod pieces, towels, washcloths, and tastefully done lady swimsuits suitable for any and all lady 5GFA fans. You can also talk shit on the 5GFA forum. This is not a joke. 5GFAPod.com In this ripoff of Indiana Jones, Brendan Fraser stars as Indiana Jones, but is cleverly named Rick O'Connell for some reason. It's like Rat Race meets the English patient when this wacky cast starts chasing each other around Egypt, all while trying to avoid a lot of outdated CGI. If they're able to survive, there will be several sequels and spin-offs which launch Dwayne The Rock Johnson's movie career. If not, something bad will happen, I guess. I don't know. Guys, let's talk about The Mummy. Look what I have created! I have made fire! I have made fire! I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. Keep the talent at she just killed the helicopter with a car. I'm sorry, boys. All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool! Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. Sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust the ass? Lick a license. A hey, lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you are entitled to. Do you know who I am? You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News. I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go. I'm bored, let's go. Welcome back to Five Guys Flicking Around. A very special episode today. That's right. We are finally joined by Mike from Maine. Wow. Hello. In the flesh. Are you going to do some magic for us or what? Perhaps. Mike was able to join us today, but not without some supervision. That's correct. Andreas is here. He's his chaperone, his his mentor in a lot of ways. His, uh, his guardian, his My legal Maji. guardian. His caretaker. Yeah, his... What doesn't he do? Andreas, thanks for joining us My today. Thank you for having me. <laughs> to be honest, to be we wanted Mike on the pod, but Andreas is really a jack of all trades, master mm-hmm. of all. Um, and we're just really excited to have someone as knowledgeable as Andreas here. And the only way we could get him is by having Mike <laughs> come. Yeah, and thank you again to Matt Bailey for his generous donations That's that right. we're Absolutely. able to pay for the flights for both of you to come out here. The check. Um, we hope that you guys enjoyed the flights and everything was very accommodating. Andreas and you guys... was able to fly first class, first right. if I'm not mistaken. Thanks for putting me up in that fantastic hotel, Matt. I really appreciate it. And and Mike, we got uh, the couch over there that Aaron's lovingly donated for this weekend Fabulous. to you. 
1999's The Mummy. So this coincides with the 20-year anniversary, right. which uh, we're big on anniversaries here at Five Guys Flicks Around. We pretty much just we pick sure the movie are. and then find out if there happens to be an anniversary. <laughs> yes. But I'm not going to lie. I literally have a list of movies from 1999 and 1994 that I look through. Mm-hmm. 89, just so that we're always on the 20th or 25th. 79, yeah. Now that you mentioned 65. it, there's been a lot of 90s. And who always mentions the movies? Me. But this week, we let Mike, because he's, you know. Why don't we jump into first impressions, though? <clears throat> Mike, what was your first impressions of The Mummy? Well, I just want to thank you all again so much for having me here. Um, it's It was more about Andreas, but you're welcome. We're <laughs> yeah. glad you're here. You're on the clock. Let's go. My uh, first impression of the movie was I saw this movie opening weekend in 1999. It was a Friday. Yes. Wow. Sat the front row on the floor had one of the most spectacular views of uh, the mummy that you would have been a better have. view if you had been in the middle of the theater. Yeah, it sounds uncomfortable. <laughs> it was not because I had breadsticks in my pants. They helped keep me, you know, a little upright so I could look in up warm, at the screen. Probably. Oh, they were very warm. It was, oh, this was fantastic. And um, so I thought this movie really defined not only the generation um, of me and my people, but I think of the 20th century. Um, I, I, the breadstick pants people. <laughs> I think that, you know, it really, in, in this world, the 1970s had The Godfather, Chinatown. The 80s had Raging Bull. And the 90s was finished off with a spectacular film the called The 70s almost Monday. had Raging Bull. You it came f- out in 1980. Yeah, exactly. Over so, the Top. You forgot Roadhouse. No, no, no. I did not forget those. Those were shit. I apologize for Mike's behavior. It is technically my responsibility to take care of him when he's getting out of line. I saw, I'll, I'll try you, to... I saw you grab his knee under the table a bunch, <laughs> yeah. and he just kept I'll going. Tr- I'll try I really to keep enjoyed that a little bit going forward. <laughs> so my uh, original impression of this movie, this was definitely one of my favorite movies growing up. Uh, I thought it was just a perfect mashup of so many different genres. Uh, I loved the setting. I thought uh, Brendan Fraser was fantastic. Loved him in... Uh, Jungle, was it George of the George jungle? of the Jungle? Yeah, the Jungle. Yes, yeah, Jungle to Jungle. <laughs> so I, I mix it up with Mighty Joe Young, which is like kind of the same thing. Forgivable, a, yeah, right. I really enjoyed it. I wasn't sure if it was gonna hold up. I really thought it did. Thought it was fast paced, fun. Really enjoyed it. Um, I like you guys had a a pretty good first impression. It's hard to recall my first experience. It wasn't quite breadsticks in the pants. Good. But I remember. But what is? I remember (laughs) right. I remember more just like thinking of this movie fondly and remembering its impression, but not remembering much about it. And rewatching it this week, I felt like the the best word I can use to describe it was underwhelming. It's still enjoyable, but it was really easy. Breadsticks after your pants for like ten minutes. (laughs) They get cold. Um, It was uh, it was really easy to make fun of it. Um, and when watching this movie critically, I could just I couldn't escape that sort of critical make fun of it, laugh at it mindset. Um, Aaron and I talked about how we were surprised that this was such a blockbuster hit. Like to hear that you had to go to the theater and you couldn't even find a seat for this movie is <laughs> very surprising. Hot fucking ticket. Um, I thought the effects did hold up pretty well. Again, I feel like you can't help but compare this to an Indiana Jones type adventure movie. And to me, it's like, well, why don't you just watch Indiana Jones? Brendan Fraser was at the top of his game. I just feel like his game was never that good. Um, So I would have liked to have seen more from him. But I feel like this just stayed at that B-movie pace pace throughout the whole film. 
It never quite got too compelling. It never quite got too comedic. Um, but it was still entertaining in the end. Yeah, I'll go off what Pollard said. It was uh, This was my first time watching it for all intents and purposes. I might have watched it when I was younger. I didn't really remember anything of it. It was a little too goofy for me, and the action moved too quick, where it kind of stagnated any kind of plot development or real emotional tie to the plot. I like the Egypt angle of it. I like the ancient Egypt kind of history and story behind it. But uh, as a movie, it was a little tough. For it was like a... A, a two-hour Pappas's bad bite where you're just frustrated the whole time. Yeah, and I didn't. I similar to Pollard, I didn't understand how this movie launched sequels and spinoffs and rides yeah. and promotional fast food restaurant events. Yeah, and Brendan Fraser became the big star he is today. Yeah, <laughs> Brendan Fraser took over the world after this movie. I can't remember the first time I saw it. Uh, I'm pretty confident I probably had breadsticks in my pants, but uh, I really liked it uh, when I was little, and I haven't seen it in probably 10, 15 years, uh, but I loved watching it this time. I thought it was a really great adventure movie. It had amazing costume and set design. The CGI was really good and held up, I felt like. It wasn't... Uh, we've seen movies recently where it's like, oh, the Air Force One plane scene at the end, yeah. where the plane yeah. crashes. It's like, that looks... Uh, Atrocious. Yeah, it's bad. There was nothing in this movie that made me Looks feel like that way. Looks like a plane flew into Kelly Slater Pro Surfer. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, world. the video game. Yeah, yeah, just like a blocky wave. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was bad. Yeah, and this movie didn't have that. Like, I felt like it just, it, the CGI worked for me. Um, and it really captured an adventurous spirit that uh, is hard to do. And then the pacing, unlike Aaron, I felt was like great. I loved how quick it moved. There's action, there's laughter, there's romance, you know, new characters being introduced that I liked. I thought the characters were so strong. That being said, it's not one of my favorite movies uh, and I, I would watch it again anytime it's on, but I'm never gonna put it on myself. We start The Mummy and we're introduced to ancient Egypt. We get to see the Pharaoh, his highest priest, Imhotep, uh, he's the keeper of the dead. We meet Pharaoh's chick, Anaxunamun. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, and she's forbidden. Bless you. <laughs> she's forbidden to anyone else. She's uh, oh, she is. She's definitely led to believe is the only attractive woman in all of the land. For someone who's forbidden to touch, she sure makes it tempting. Oh, she does. <laughs> that's right. I think that's the point. She's tempting those golden men, as you can see in one yeah. of the very first scenes when the, one of the golden men looks longingly as she uh, passes by. Yeah, she passes by. They to were me. part of the Goldman Group. <laughs> they the were Blue gold. The Goldman. The Goldman fortune. Yeah, she's walking through this palace to meet Imhotep. He's got a bunch of gold guys that are painted gold. Those are his sort of henchmen, priests. She's wearing a bunch of gold. Um, and Imhotep and Anaxunamun are hooking up. Get it up. right. An <laughs> are hooking up. And the pharaoh catches on. He shows up. The gold boys take him away. They kill him first, right? They, that's right. Anaxunamun... And uh, Imhotep stab him yeah. like a few times. times. Yeah, they stab him a lot. I mean, yeah. the gold boys are actually a part of Imhotep's crew. It's yes, the pharaoh, like the convenient police is what I like to call the pharaoh's troops. Because they just show up out of nowhere, just convenient. Mm -hmm. they do. You know, well, they, they were do. following him probably. and he. Well, I mean, know. but the gold man group was sitting there, you know, watching this all <laughs> the happen. Gold and man they group. were like, all right, that's cool. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, convenient police. Here's a convenient cop. Hey, what are you doing, buddy? It's like, you know, what the fuck, man? She basically sacrifices herself, and she says, you know, you're the highest priest of the dead. Yeah. You can raise me back up, yep. so you need to get out. And the Goldman group 
um, escort him away. Yeah. Resurrection. And yeah, she stabs herself. That's right. She kills herself. Imhotep then steals her body and takes it to Hamunatra, where he raises her soul back from the dead. But the Pharaoh's bodyguards follow him and stop him. Convenient cop. That's right. They they come very conveniently. Right before the ritual is completed and they stop him and they begin mummifying all of the Goldman group and they mummify Imhotep. And so Anaxinamun is left still dead. Imhotep's now mummified in a sarcophagus. All of these guys are being stowed away. Mummified alive. Into the city of the dead. And if that doesn't bring you into a movie, you should just watch Indiana Jones because it's a better adventure movie. (laughs) (laughs) Why do they choose to do this ritual? And, like, make him into a god. You just kill the poor bastard. Like, he's not coming back. He doesn't have these superpowers. I never thought about that. It seemed to me as if they wanted to punish him, but the trade-off of this ultimate punishment was... (laughs) Immortality if you're resurrected. Yeah, it was a weird (laughs) spell. Uncertainty that he might wake up again from the dead and haunt Egypt for a thousand years. And the overhead. They had to have bodyguards for 3,000 years just to make sure he doesn't get woken up. It's not worth it. It might be some sort of sliding scale. Like, how much do you want to curse him? Like, this much? Well, if you curse him this much, then his reward is this high. (laughs) And it's like, it's it's it's, it's also interesting how they plug in the 10 plagues for the biblical 10 plagues, Mm -hmm. which they're also, it's like not enough that he's just going to come to reign terror. Right. Bring the end of days, but he's also going to bring those with him as well. Right. And he's a powerful being of sorts, but why don't they just mummify him like they do the rest? Yeah. But instead, they're going to put the spell on him that sort of leaves it open. Put some breadsticks in his pants, shut him in there, and just see what happens. Just call it a day. That sounds bad. Interesting. So we cut to Hamunaptra in 1923. 1923. It's 3,000 years later. And apparently for this entire time, there's been countless wars. Prohibition is in full effect. (laughs) Um, And Brendan Fraser is there. And he's in a troop of some kind. Standing off invaders. There's a bunch of rifles. Yeah, they oh, speak like French an and English. I'm, I'm like really a, confused. Like he, an improv he, troop. You mean like a military troop? Yeah, he's in a military troop. He's not got with a, an, a U and a P and an E and all that. No. He's, he's with O-O-P. the legion. They're, they're called the legionnaires. Without the legion, some kind of legion. They're a le- he's with. He's a legion. He's a legion guy. Legionnaire? Who are they fighting though? Who are they're they fighting? fighting off the magi who are protecting Hamunaptra. So they've broken in and they must have been doing some sort of archaeological digs or something, and they're disgraced the grounds yeah and the magi with our our favorite tattooed face sure, guy sure. is leading the group to Mike destroy Tyson. them well i'm confused because if that's the magi fighting the legionnaire for the rest of the movie we see tops 10 magi right no you're so right there's a lot they really just massacred Literally thousands. I mean, you yeah. see Brandon Fraser give the command to like fire. And yeah, they and, all then, go down. and then and then no, they all go down. Die, but, but then Brandon Fraser's running for his life because the Magi are overwhelming the Legionnaires. So then all of a sudden, what the Legionnaires are just completely destroyed. And there's They're 10 destroyed. Of them left. There's destroyed. He's on the run. He's trying to pull out the handguns. He's losing ammo. Ben, we get to meet Benny for the first time. Best yeah. character. This guy gets to find some sort of escape into a room. But as the door's closing, he does the dick move and doesn't let Brendan Fraser in. Classic Benny. The only thing that sends or that saves Brendan Fraser is the fact that as he's cornered, the sand begins to move and Imhotep's soul is somehow infiltrating their battle scene. But he is put in jail because we meet up with him again three years later. We're introduced to this librarian chick oh, who yeah. we know will be the female lead in the movie. Yeah. 
She has this ladder scene in the library. Pretty funny. It is funny. She knocks over Very all the funny. shelves and it's just like, oh, there's comedy in this movie. No, it is. It's like they go over the top and they say, no, she's going to knock over every bookcase in a domino effect. She it's is fun. beyond clumsy in that scene. The fact that she knocks over literally But her balance, thousands. her core strength to just stay uh, on that ladder uh, while yeah, it's upright. I would and then argue that maybe, still fall over. I would argue that whoever built the shelves that hold these books maybe didn't come to think that maybe if one happened to fall over that they would all be a domino. Have you ever built a, have you ever built a bookshelf No, before? but if I did. I built several bookshelves. I'm telling you. When I build a bookshelf, I do take into account the domino effect. The communism's gonna spread. This is Egypt, 1923, <laughs> and yes, well, this is before communism. Well, it was actually in the nascent days of communism. I think Marx at this point. Hadrian, can you rein him in a bit? I, I forgot the shock. Pull collar on his collar, yeah. <laughs> Evie and who I'll call the butler, they have the same tailor, and they look fantastic in this scene together, both matching. You can have shorthand names for all the characters. Who the fuck's the butler? The butler. Yeah. Well, the, well, the butler is like. The guy, and then also, I'm surprised Aaron hasn't been double. Guy. Which okay. guy? Like her Is boss. It her boss? Yeah, her boss. Okay. But he looks like a butler. If you really look at the scene, he looks like a okay, butler. Okay, well, if you he can just looks, explain that before uh, you I'm just sorry. use a nickname. So Evie and the guy that looks like the butler who will call from here on out the butler. I, or I will call All right, let me butler. change my notes real quick. Uh, Hold on. I like his uh, ancient like, Egypt he references. Says, he says Allah, and then he says, like, this mischiver, and it's like this fucking mess, you dumb piece of yeah. shit like you ruined he's, my he's yelling at her and I mean, and the only context he has to pull from for analogies or any sort of metaphor is like ancient yeah. Egyptian yes. like jokes that are funny to maybe him and he's, but, he's really a, a terrible guy yeah I guess whatever, it's but. not just a library but it is a museum because she's defeated yeah. and she's made a mistake oh, here it's the museum of yeah, but she's, antiquities she also gets over it pretty quickly and when she goes into the next room mm-hmm. her brother is in the mummy case, yeah, exactly. just Wasted. hanging out. <laughs> he's like <laughs> drunk. He's yeah, drunk. he's drunk, and he's also part of the faculty. Clearly, yeah. that's what I mean. This and, guy can't hire people. And I mean, for this, shit. Yeah. this is this is a mummy. Like it's not it's not something you're supposed to be. The twenties, twenties, everyone. Yeah, he's, he uses to use over. the mummy as a joke. It makes yeah. the mummy jump out of the sarcophagus at his sister because that's a funny thing to do. That is not funny. That is super fucked up. Who hangs out in a coffin? <laughs> With a fucking how long, body. How long do you think like, he was there? Honestly, just shit face, just like drunk brother. You never seen him alone. How did, how, did he, he, how did he know that she was going to enter that room? How long had he been inside that? It was at least forty-five minutes. Honestly. Look, when you're setting up a joke like that, you just you got to commit, and you got to just say, "Look, it's going to pay off." So when he, she walks he pulls in that here. prank. He jumps out. Um, we find out that she wants to be an archaeologist. She's got bigger dreams. Bembridge. And we find out that he has a key with him that he found as uh, as the viewer we know that this is Imhotep's key we saw this in the opening scene um, this is the key to Imhotep's grave and she suspects when she sees it that this city of the dead Hamunaptra yes. actually does exist mm-hmm. so she's excited and uh, the old guy the butler he starts to burn the map right and so we're like this guy's a dick he's such a fucking wet blanket um, yeah. and they find out that um, Brendan Fraser who's in jail at the time knows where Hamunapter is and they see him um, in the jail cell from here on out I'm monkey gonna be, bone I'm gonna be calling uh, the warden of that prison uh, slave master Willie 
So when when I say Slave Master Willie, please know that I'm talking about the warden. Jesus. I, we got the we'll put, a, we'll put something on a website so you can decipher <laughs> what the fuck Mike's saying. So, but Slave Master, we'll call him the warden. Slave Master yeah. Willie, I have some thoughts about him. Enough of your damn caveats. Mike, you workshopped Swallow. with this with me inside, and I told you it's not funny. We get to see Brendan Fraser again. He's got long hair this time. He's about to get hanged. I really did appreciate that he punched Jonathan in the face, because that guy has the most punchable face like i would love just to take a ribbed thick lead pipe ribbed thick so not very ribbed, thick you're gonna have thick. to go to the website to see what he <laughs> meant so rachel vices the pipe is ribbed and it's, it's, a rib, thick. it's as thick as a rib no it's a thick, <laughs> not very thick it's okay a sorry maybe a relatively thick thin. rib they're gonna give him a no. thick ribbing like I, a verbal no yeah. but i mean like you know it's, yeah they're gonna make fun of him that's no, what he's saying no it's like a ribbed uh, it, 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 well okay, i no. see what you're saying no aaron it's a limited it. time only special food no, aaron got what i meant by ribbed and it's yes a, but i don't mean that kind I of i do pipe. get it it's a thin a relatively <laughs> a thin, thin metal thin, pipe yes. that he's gonna hit him with but it's a thick i'm on the same it is a thick. You get one good hit and the second it breaks. It's a thick rib. Yes. We're thickest ribs. So we got Brendan Fraser. He's about to get hanged. She meets up with the warden and uh, Slave Master Willie, and she tries to bribe for his life. This guy doesn't know Slave how to bribe. Master Willie. Um, he exactly is exactly what I was thinking of. I don't know why. He is hanged, but he is hung. But it doesn't snap his neck. Hunged. That had to hurt. This guy is just hanging 20 feet rope around his neck. Oh, the uh, uh, slave master Willie at this point also calls him a godless son of a pig. You and your pig quotes. <laughs> no, slave master Willie and the pigs. I'm her, not sure what is Her and Willie uh, settle on 25% of their findings um, when she tells him that this guy knows where Hominoptera is. So he, lets, he calls off and uh, lets him live. And the adventure begins. So they show up. They're at a port. They're getting on a boat. The Egyptian warden guy shows up. Slave Master Willie. And uh, on the boat, they meet another group. Also, we can't use it if you say Slave Master Willie, Mike. What's wrong? Okay, we can't. It's okay. He's gonna die soon. They're on the boat, and they meet another group also hunting for Hominoptera. This is our group. Of Goodwill hunting for Hominoptera. <laughs> arrogant Americans. They've got more supplies, more resources, and they're more cockiness than it's just like the group Ford versus Ferrari that we're following. <laughs> um, she's talking about the Book of Hamun Ra. Brendan Fraser's got a, an extensive gun collection that he's stocking on the boat, um, and we run into Benny again, and we don't like this guy. Oh, who doesn't like Benny? <laughs> Um, and he's now working with the Americans on their before we get adventure. I mean, I, there's another name I want to throw in there just because it needs to be said. So, sure. I mean, Alan Parrish of the Parrish Shoe Company makes a cameo in this movie. And so just want to make sure that when we talk about... <laughs> when we talk about uh, one of the men who's working with the Americans, he's not the American, but it's just Alan Parrish of Parrish Shoes. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. Well, you obviously haven't watched Jumanji recently because that's Alan Parrish of Parrish Shoes. Uh, also, Robin Williams. Dad. I'm sorry. I uh, I, just, I would like to offer a blanket apology for you Mike's need, behavior. You need like a fucking visual decoder to listen to Mike. Like it's Alan Parrish shoes. Picked up. You say Jumanji like it's a U. It's Jumanji with an A. We got these two groups hunting for Hamunatra and the Magi show up because those guys can swim and jump on a boat. Um, there's a lot of gunfire. There's a lot of fire. 
the boat's burning down, people are being thrown overboard, everyone sort of washes up ashore, and it's basically Americans plus Benny versus our small ragtag group of Brendan Fraser, this girl, her brother, and this guy who's in it for 25%. Fun trip down the Nile. When the TV show phenomenon Frasier ended in 2004, a tossed salad and scrambled egg-sized hole was left in the American zeitgeist. After a decade and a half of studying, planning, writing, and rewriting, we here at 5GFA are proud to announce Brendan's Frasier. Brendan's Frasier is a one-man, four-hour and 20-minute play starring former actor Brendan Frasier, based on the iconic sitcom Frasier. Watch as he masterfully recreates the petty bickering Crane Brothers, adds some blue-collar levity as old man Martin Crane, shows off his sexy side as Daphne Moon, and learns some new tricks like a good boy as Eddie the Dog, an evening with all your favorite characters from your favorite sitcom played by your favorite former actor Brendan Fraser. David Hyde Pierce practically begged to be a part of this production, but I said no! From the guys that brought you Martin Lawrence Foster Jenkins, it's Brendan's Fraser. They all meet again at this weird spot in the middle of the desert and just start waiting. Sunrise comes, City of the Dead appears, Pappas' bad bite, they never pay up the $500. Our group makes it to the city first. They had a $500 bet. I don't see any cash transaction that's a great pappas bite i'm just saying 500 bucks is a lot when you're in the middle of the desert it's the 20s for crying out loud yeah (laughs) that's a fortune how much much is that exactly in uh in current u.s dollars i don't know do you want to take seven to nine minutes to figure it out if you're using the callback if you're using the absolute 311 method (laughs) yes then you're gonna have to factor in the different transactions that occur prior to the 500 dollars being materialized in the event of the cash transaction make sure you Amberize the it's right. it's roughly six thousand dollars. That's crazy. It's not that bet? much money. So everybody's digging. We got again the American group and our little ragtag group. Um, our group is away from the main sort of expedition that's happening. A lot like Indiana Jones. They rope down into a room, which we find out is the preparation room. There's the uh, the nifty mirror trick that the girl pulls. Also like Indiana Jones. Her name's Evie. She'll always be Evelyn to me. Um, our, uh, our Egyptian, what do we call him? The warden. He, uh, slave master Willie, right? Slave master Willie kind of wanders off on his, uh, on his own and he starts pulling off the scarabs from the wall. That's one of the first special effects that we get to see. I would like to say, I think slave master Willie probably in another life eats those scarabs like oysters. Well, he thinks that they're treasures, right? They're but not. You could just when... say, he says blue gold. I mean, which I've never heard of that type of gold, you but could... it sounded pretty <laughs> exotic to me at the time. That's mm. true. Sounds expensive. I mean, and he's. It's also kind of funny how he's picking off a few of them, and then he's just like, mm, just one more. Like he just has mm. time for another one. And then he's like, oh, okay, three more. <laughs> yeah, but he gets too greedy. So those scarabs start to come to life. They get under his skin. They chew through his shoe, which is very disturbing. That's just one of those things when you watch it. It's very cringy. Andreas talked about this, and this was what stuck with me as a kid was yeah. the bugs. Like that actually, like the way arachnophobia scared you, like mm-hmm. this movie with the bugs, I think is why I'm afraid of bugs. Like I remember so vividly the under the skin crawling. Yeah. Just freaking me the fuck out. And rewatching it again, it's not that scary. But as a kid, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like and going yeah. through the shoe, like you're saying. Man, no one's safe. That had to hurt. I also (laughs) kind of believed in the authenticity of these bugs. I thought that they might be like a historically accurate uh, creature from the time. One of the first things that a Google search will populate is scarabs. Scarabs, real, yeah. Flesh-eating bugs. And 
Uh, I believe not. They're looking for the tomb. They have the key. Um, they're, there's a funny standoff between them and the Americans where they all pull their guns. And again, it's just like, there, no one's going to shoot each other. This is not that It's a very intense. playful standoff. Um, the guy, you know, our warden, he dies, right? He runs into the wall, which that's disturbing, man, to have yeah. a bug crawl into your brain. And the only Who's thing Who's the warden? You- Willie. Slave Master Willie. Slave Master Willie. Okay. The brother is like playing fake golf, which is what ends up causing the tomb to fall from the ceiling, which. The legs of Anubis. Kind of funny. Nice form. Kind of intense. Kind of funny. You can tell he's led an easy life. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Just getting drunk in museums, golfing, (laughs) hanging out in coffee. It's the 20s. They see that the key that they have will fit the tomb, but they don't actually turn it yet. Um, And this is when the Magi show up again and they warn them. They say, here's the gift of the Magi. You must leave this place or die. Those are my best quotes. You took it. Um, There's a scene later around the campfire where she gets drunk. She has the, I'm a librarian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is just not a good look for her. And, dur- and during the scene, Mike and I, we both looked at each other like, "Is she wearing a bra in this scene?" She <laughs> says, "I'm gonna kiss you, Mr. O'Connell," and he says, "Call me Rick." That is my favorite line in the movie. And well, my takeaway is like, "Oh, his name's Rick O'Connell." Because that doesn't matter. <laughs> like his name doesn't matter. None of the names matter. We might as well go with all of Mike's nicknames for this film. <laughs> what like it just. What other names were considered? Richard Sam O'Connor. Jones. No, no, that doesn't work. No. What about Sand Jones? What about... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like it. Is that the scene where she goes, I know what you're wondering, or I know you're wondering, what is a place like me doing yeah. in a girl? Yeah, That's I like true. That Miss that one. That's a good, good line. I, but I think it's pretty pathetic that all of this stems from the one kiss he stole on her while he was in prison. And she had been thinking about it for she days. Had. And it's incredible that some vagabond in a fucking cell steals a kiss that would you call it stealing at the time. Yeah, but if Indiana you would Jones now kissed call, you, you'd be right. I mean, no, but Indiana Jones' name isn't fucking Rick. She's his Desert Rose. So we're underground again, and the arrogant American guys are, they find this chest, and they're reading this script, and they unleash a curse, or they read about the curse of this guy who will become undead and plague the earth, and they decide to open it anyways, because they're arrogant. No one's listening to these magi tattooed people, their their warnings of, you know, the curses that are where they're at. Just arrogance. Yeah, but <clears throat> there is a scene after the, there's a lot of killing in the desert there where the Magi are like, okay, hold up, hold up. All we want is for you guys to just like not wake up this curse. Mm-hmm. And I'm kind of questioning why didn't they have that conversation initially Yeah, before having this full-fledged oh, yeah. war on the boat? Decades, decades yeah. long war. Like, 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 move the book into a cave and bury yeah. it, but like, make this like an, a, you know, an attraction for, you know, tourists. Yeah, yeah. Like, or, come on in. And or, see I mean, come, come on in and was. pillage all this gold. It's all, yeah. it's all good. Yeah. Just stay, stay clear of that curse. Like, the yeah. curse is going to be a problem. Just, the book right. is what we care about. That's what will yeah. wake him. Um, our group ends up opening Imhotep's tomb with the key. And this is where we find out that the mummy is not completely decomposed after 3,000 years. Um, what? But it's somehow still in the process. It's gooey. It's like dew. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they find the scratches on the inside of the tomb. That's he creepy. is moist to death. <laughs> they find the book of Amun Ra, and the key happens to also open that book, which is the book of the dead, and the undead begin to rise. There's a scene with this guy that I call the John Ham wannabe American mm-hmm. guy. He just kind of looks like John Ham. Is that the guy with the glasses? Yes, okay. he does have glasses. He gets his eyes and he's tongue the stolen. First one. Yeah, he's the one that Benny completely Does anyone know that actor's over. name? He's the John Hamm wannabe guy. Imhotep rises, steals this guy's eyes and tongue, and uh, the mummy thinks that the girl, when he sees her, is his long-lost love, Anaxinamun. Said it pretty good that time. So, Aaron, God bless you. Yeah, God bless you. <laughs> we get another scarab death. Some guy dies from scarab. People are just dying now. Undead arise. The movers, honestly, I don't know. We haven't really touched on the movers in this movie. And the shakers. Well, okay, there's the shakers, but there's the movers. I mean, they're two sects that don't really get along with each other. Mm-hmm. But there's the movers, and... In it, the, they're like, oh, we'll have the movers open up one of these boxes. Right. And they literally get burnt to death in acid. And then it's like, okay, chill, we got the box. Right, and, and we're going to open it up. doing this to the movers. They're like, oh, well, they'll they'll, they'll handle this part. Don't mm-hmm. worry about it. Did you handle it at that point? I'm just saying, they, they <laughs> like what the group of Americans literally watched people be burnt to death with like, yeah, acid. Yeah, you're right. They should have And they left. were just like, ah, oh, yeah, don't worry about it. We got the fucking book. No, yes, book. still open the chest. Yeah, we're no good. No guts, no glory. Mm-hmm. Um, the Magi show back up, and this is after Brendan Fraser gets a shot in on the mummy. The Magi show up and tell him, you know, we told you to leave. No mortal weapon can kill this creature. Yeah. He's not of this world. Mm-hmm. And Brendan Fraser's still like, nah, dude, it's cool. I got him. Um, Benny is cornered by the mummy, and there's a great scene where Classic. he's pulling out the religious necklaces. He's not sure what yeah. will work. Yep. But when he gets to the Star of David and... Uh, Says some Hebrew. Yep. The mummy recognizes it as the slave language of his time. Before he gets to the star of Hebrew, when he pulls out his Buddha, <laughs> the subtitles say he's speaking gibberish. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you're here, man. Um, so good old Benny sells out and joins the mummy's troop. Good old fucking Benny. We have this scene at the bar um, where we're introduced to Winston, who we're going to meet again later. <laughs> That guy's great. And Benny brings Imhotep with him to wannabe John Ham guy. Sneaks a live mummy into the town. Serves him tea. And he, they sit down and he says, you know, he needs more. He needs to suck the soul out of this guy. He needs to suck him dry. And mm-hmm. he apparently also needs to find the four jars that have stuff in it. Vital organs. A storm breaks out. The water turns blood red. There's fire from the sky. The sort of ancient plagues of Egypt all happen at once. Not only does the water turn into blood, their drinks, mid-drink, turn into blood. At least but Jesus how... turned it into wine. That's cool. Honestly. Yeah. So blood? they, they no, come across you. the mummy in the room, and they find the uh, the guy's body sucks dry. Suck dry. The mummy is scared because there's a cat there. It's true. Why? They're the keepers of the, the death. There you go. The death realm. <laughs> is it... Is it uh, is it important that the cat's white? Cats are the guardian of the so. underworld, is uh, what they should say. Be. <laughs> but I like to think he's just afraid of pussy. <laughs> they meet up with the head librarian dude again, and the the butler, and the the butler, the butler the head along with the yes. magi guy, yes. and we find out about the secret society that they've yeah. been a part of to protect the mummy from rising. Brendan tracks down, and the brother tracked down Benny. There's the great chair throw. Did you guys see that? The chair so throw good. is one of my mm-hmm. favorites. Yeah. Knocks him straight yeah. But the force of which it's thrown is crazy. Yeah. Right. It's totally McSullivan. Yeah, it's yeah. full brute strength. Brendan Fraser oh my God. at his strongest. So now the mummy's got the book. 
He's got one of the jars. He breathes, or this is the second jar. He breathes a plague onto the crowd. They turn into just a plagued people. They're not mummies, right? They're, but they're, they're like kind of like possessed. I think yeah. some of them were the movers. If you look at their faces, it looked as if they had just met an acid. And the shakers? They didn't like, well, the shakers were probably in the back. This is one of those okay. few times in which the two groups got together for a collective okay, good. Cool. So the mummies collecting the jars. Um, you have this sort of troop of mummified or plagued people now crowding the town. Um, there's the one attractive American guy with the jar. He gets sucked out through the sand in the window. Gets sucked dry. And the mummy kisses the girl. That's kind of gross. He's sort of like half-faced yeah, half mummy. Yep. We find out that they need to get the Book of Life, right? It's also in Hamunaptra and is underneath the Horus statue. Um, you have the great scene of the brother doing the fake emotep thing in the crowd. That was classic. Like, sort of blend in. Mm. That was the one Kyle quote in the movie that I remembered. peeing right now, but he really liked that part of the movie. <laughs> Yeah, he loved it. Yeah. Kyle, what what would you say? It was like a number one scene of the movie. It was pretty good. Yeah. I think that really one of... Uh, it was the number one scene of the movie. This was the point in the movie when I realized, how many women have we seen in this movie? Two. That's right, it's a male-dominated. and... Anaxonomone. Like, who has her vital organs gone. Did Eric, he mention her vital organs, baby? <laughs> <laughs> Are you kidding me? Going to the sweet 16. Hey, it's, it's like, no calm, it's like, just calm down, please. Just take a Saturday off. So they get in the car. They're running over these zombie mummies. Uh, we got the head librarian guy. We got an American guy. We got the magi guy. We got the brother, the sister, and Brendan Fraser. That's a lot of people. <laughs> all in this car. People are dying. They're getting picked off. They're cornered by the mummy. And he now basically he gets the last jar and he's fully regenerated from all four jars. And now the actor gets to be into the scenes again. Because for a big yeah. portion of the movie... His parents are like, I thought you were like the bad guy. <laughs> Where were you? <laughs> yeah, you were in the beginning scene yeah. and then it took you 40 yeah. minutes to come back in. I was going to say, I love how the car crashed. Like, they just cut to it. And it's like, why'd they crash? They don't show it. Probably they hit the a thousand mummies that were in their way? No, they were behind them. They were in front of them. They just, like, crash. Yeah, no, yeah. But they, it was inexplicable. They, yeah, they cut through all of those mummies without a problem. Yeah. And then they, and then they crash. And then they just crash. But, like, I love the car they're in. It, like, adds to the adventure yeah. aspect of yeah, just, Yeah, kind of like, like Indiana, Indiana Jones. Exactly. Yeah. Very Indiana Jones. Yeah, yeah very just, Indiana Jones. You could just watch that movie it's instead. Fun. But now that Imhotep is completely restored, That's right. uh, I just want to bring up how much he looks like Billy Zane. Because I'd, okay. yeah. I'd seen Titanic before this. And to this day, I was sure it was the same the same actor as in uh, Titanic. I wish Billy Zane was in. Wow, I have Billy Zane written down. And am I the am I the only? That was my Mick Mulligan. Was put Billy Zane in this? <laughs> yeah. but we'll save it. So Billy Zane shows up when they're cornered and says, "Come Wait, to who's me." Who's Billy Zane? They find escape in a sewer drain uh, from the crowd. It's true. Uh, we finally meet the demise for the head librarian guy. What did you call him? The butler. Thank you. The butthole. Butthole. He goes out very heroically. He he's does. like swinging the sword. Those. He kills it. I'm like, you're, you're a little yeah. museum there's, dude, right? There's a few <laughs> tropes in this movie. movie. <laughs> that trope was used maybe six or seven times. Yeah. Like, I'll take him. You guys go. Like a day ago, this guy is up Rachel Vice's ass about the books. Mm. Now he's just hacking through zombies, yeah. like willing yeah. to sacrifice himself. Right. He's he like the Andreas to the mic. He's, he's got, he takes yeah. care of him. Yeah, even if it takes self-sacrifice. <laughs> so now we're down to three. With him dead and the girl gone, it's Brendan Fraser, the annoying brother, 
and the Magi guy, which I kept in my notes as like the motorcycle dude. Mm. I just felt like the Magi was like the Egyptian motorcycle gang yeah. of this story. Mm-hmm. So we got yeah. motorcycle dude, you got Mr. O'Connell, which his name doesn't matter, and the brother who you don't care about hey, either. Dick O'Connell? Jonathan. They meet up with Winston. <laughs> This guy oh, is just chilling man. under an umbrella on a sand dune. In tea, ju- man. Is that what he's having? I, I don't he's think he British. would whiskey at that point. No. Because he, he sounded pretty sober. His face is so red that I'm pretty sure he's he's drinking something a little yeah, bit stronger. I think, I think it was the Prohibition, probably the 20s. Was that Prohibition or no? Yeah, this is, we're yeah. in Cairo. Yeah, this is yeah. fucking Egypt, man. doesn't matter. <laughs> he's an American. No, he's British. <laughs> he's British. Uh, he's British. I'm he glad he didn't place. refer to... World War One as World War One, the Great War. He actually called it the Great War because yeah. the way the movie was going, I was like, he's going to call it World War One, even though it's the twenties. <laughs> so now they're in a race back to Hamunoptera. They meet up with Winston, who flies them there, mm-hmm. and they pass the big dust cloud mummy that uh, spits out Benny and the girl, and the mummy then appears, and there's sort of a showdown yeah. Yeah. with the plane and this huge wall of sand that also yeah. turns into a face. Yep. Because that's some kind of like avatar VR thing where like yeah. he opens his mouth and then the sand gets bigger. Why doesn't he do it's that confusing. more? Yeah. yeah. I it's, feel it's like an, it's pretty impre- great power. It's an impressive move. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it yeah. didn't call for it any time earlier. They weren't traveling. There's sand everywhere the whole know, time. You're trying to stop these the people. Desert. I don't know. I think there was a great line in this when um, Evie says to Benny, stop it. You'll kill him. And he just perfectly says, that's the idea. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of those. Can you where do you're it? Like, oh, can you, here comes the can joke. You, can you do it with the accent? I can't. I feel like I can do an O'Connell, but I can't do just as regular like that. O'Connell, the, the guy without an accent at all. No, 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 no. I feel like <laughs> I can do a do great it. Brendan Fraser yeah. accent. No, I think I could do a Benny O'Connell, but or I mean, yeah. I don't know if I could actually. It's like, like O'Connell. Yeah, yeah that's pretty good. Not- the girl finds an opportune moment and she kisses the mummy. Steals a kiss to sort of <laughs> yes to stop the spell. But the plane crashes. Winston dies. There's a little backstory on Winston where he kind of always wished he would die in a battle or on an adventure. He lived seeking more. And the takeaway when he dies in the plane crash is he got what he was looking for. Brendan Fraser salutes him. There's very majestic music playing. And all I'm left thinking is, like, I don't care at all about this guy. Yeah, they introduce him for like a two-line scene. Yeah, like it's not this We're character that we've spent like time with at all. Profound reaction. He to literally, his death. it's like, yeah. I wish I was dead. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone <laughs> have anything I can do other than drink? Because I'd love to kill myself. Yeah, That's like his scene. I, in the very short time we saw Winston, his stepping into that pool. Uh, in the middle of the bar and saying someone yeah. spilled their drink. Yeah. Uh, that was one of the highlights comedically. Of the yeah, yes, that was good. Yes. And then mm. when he does it the second time, and he's still just like, what is some of the drink has still been spilled? Yeah. That was good because he's unlike... Great. He's I, great. I liked Winston. Unlike yeah, most of the him. comedic moments, that was like a passing joke, yeah. whereas the rest were like, okay, zoom in on his face and he'll say the punchline. Yeah. This <laughs> one was like, oh, it's like a background yeah. kind of it's funny cool. thing. Let's make sure they all know this is a joke here. Yeah, Let's that just... one was subtle. So now we're back down with the showdown at Hamunoptera. <laughs> one night only in Hamunoptera. <laughs> <laughs> Imhotep's on a quest to bring back Anaxinamun via the life vessel of Evie, um, the brother pulls off a scarab off the wall because he's useless. The mummy summons some guards out of the wall, asks them to wake the others. 
our crew stumbles into the treasure cave. We finally understand what all of this is, you know, about in terms of treasure yeah. in Hamunoptera. There's a lot there. Pieces. And it's very well lit. It is very well it's lit. It's very much like the Aladdin scene when he's... Uh, oh, you're yes. right. The only thing that's missing is the magic carpet. You're right. And the monkey. The undead are rising. The girl is strapped to the altar. Um, the guys find the Horus statue, and the mummy prepares his ritual. Um, and Benny finds the opportunity to start making away with some gold. I'd say this is probably the smartest choice he's made in the whole film. Yeah, that's not saying much. They get the Book of Amun-Ra, which is the Book of Life, and the Magi guy has one of his sacrificing himself scene, and he wanders into the hallway of undead mummies to save the group. Brendan's able to break her lock and kill some priests. He gets trapped. Very comedic with the mummy hand on the sword. The way that the mummy falls when uh, the legs are chopped and the tombstone falls on top, and then the legs kind of pop up. So mm -hmm. it kind of yeah, like, the only uh, thing, looks like a turkey. The only thing missing was a... Like, they got the book, and the uh, idiot brother he accidentally summons Jonathan. more mummy warriors. And he finally finds a spell to stop the mummies in the nick of time and commands them to kill uh, Imhotep. Oh, no, he commands them to kill Anaxanamun, which Imhotep is horrified by. Yeah, he has a Sophie's choice of do I save her or do I get the book? <laughs> the girl casts a spell just in time um, when the mummy has Brendan cornered. Yeah. And that spell basically makes Imhotep mortal now. And there's this No, Jonathan. Jonathan thing. casts that spell. Yeah, yeah Jonathan does. Because Jonathan's holding That's right. The book. She gives him the final she's word. She's explaining. She's like, oh, what's the symbol look like? And he's like, oh, it's a squiggly little thing. And he's like, oh, it's this. And he's like, oh, then he reads it. He has that dumb fucking smug look. I feel face. like that was the one where he turns the mummies on. And no, knocks in a moon. No, no, and he, she is the one who does the final I spell. I think you're right, Pollard. The mummy is turned <laughs> mortal just in <laughs> time for <laughs> Brendan Fraser to stab him. And he falls and wastes away in that pool of the dead thing, whatever that is. Yeah, and back to this, uh, that the effects held up pretty well. I would say the blue chariot is maybe the worst effect. It is most definitely. Yeah. It is pretty bad when you see him kind of trying to reach back to his body when the yeah. soul is being yeah. taken away by the mm -hmm. blue chariot. The bookend of the movie, the beginning and the end, <laughs> bad. The whole, like, 80, yeah. 90 minutes in the middle, good. Yeah. yeah. The budget was spent. Yeah, there. but also, Blue Chariot, Blue Gold. That's not a coincidence. <laughs> Benny's got to have one more scene of incompetence, and he pushes a lever on accident <laughs> that causes the entire city oh, to crumble. This it's, whole, a, it's a kill switch. It's, 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 it's insane. In a movie... He full, pressed the button. In full of traps and and spells mm -hmm. and undead rising, this one lever this in this hallway causes so much destruction. So when we thought the movie was over, everyone's on a frantic run to get out in time. There's a great moment where Brendan Fraser has the chance to almost save him. Benny, that is. He didn't deserve it. No, he didn't. Benny did not. But I think the he point is that... Did. No, Benny did not deserve Definitely deserved it. He's the one who hit the kill switch oh, in the first place. No, 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 I'm sorry. No, 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 I'm sorry. Benny did. didn't deserve for the, hand the kindness oh, of the yeah. yes. Okay, agreed. Like, agreed. The but, takeaway is that O'Connell was the bigger man. Does anyone at their house have that one light switch that, like, you turn it off and, like, the whole upstairs goes off? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's, like, what that tomb trigger felt like. Benny ends up trapped in the treasure room, and it's a very, like, symbolic... He's trapped with his greed. Cause he's it's like the Twilight Zone of, like, I finally have all these books to read. Yes. But I don't it's kind of like in Aladdin, when the monkey touches the gold. A bunch of scarabs yeah. kill him. He's trapped. The the uh, Our team gets away to so the entire city. 
collapses behind them as these final three make out. We got the sister and the brother. And, they make out? And o- That's o- some good smut, bro. O'Connell makes out <laughs> oh, with, I have some smut smut on that with later, Eve. Yeah. <laughs> and the other guy tries to make out with the camel, mm. but he's not into it. Yeah. So Brendan and the girl kiss and ride off into the sunset, but not before the Magi shows up and says, you've earned the respect of me and my people. Why? Nobody knows. Why did why why have they well, earned respect? I mean, because they killed Emotep. Yeah, but they also were the reason that he was brought well, back I know, to life. I know, but the and curse is done. Look, you spill in the kitchen, but you clean it up. Good and, for you. And Fraser <laughs> has killed countless magi. Right. I mean, his brothers, his friends. Yeah. <laughs> in this in this in this army mm. that is sworn to protect this place. And I, now they've destroyed the place. At any rate, all loose ends are tied up. We have a happy ending, and they ride off into the sunset. The with, end. With some blue gold. This ad is awesome, baby. Dickie V here to tell you about Vital Organs. Vital Organs is your only source for new and used organs. And I'm not talking about the internal kind. We're talking instruments. The ones that are like pianos, but different, baby. And right now, our super special spectacular Sweet 16 sale has all the elite brands of organs at low, low prices. But these prices won't last. So march down to Vital Organs before the madness is over. And don't even think about a refund, because these prices are final forever, baby. Let's jump into categories. Why don't we start with the best scene I saw? Kyle, what was the best scene you saw in The Mummy? The best mummy scene I saw was the riverboat scene where they get attacked. Um, yes. I talked about the opening of this movie having a spirit of adventure, and I felt like this scene captured that the best in a mm-hmm. very short amount of time. There's yeah. like riverboat gambling. Love that scene. There's like yeah. people jumping aboard the boat. Yeah. Uh, Rachel it felt Va- like the cantina Edie. scene in Star Wars, which oh. Indiana Jones was in. Yes. And he was also in this movie. True. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> Brendan Fraser, Indiana Jones. Um, but uh, yeah, I just, I loved like the humor throughout the scene. There's a lot of it where she grabs him and like pulls him away from the bullets yeah. and throws the guy overboard, Benny, that Mike's so oh, fond of. Um, they, we get Brendan Fraser with the double pistol like shootout, which is great. Um, and I just felt like it encapsulated that adventure spirit that I talked about. But it's at the beginning of the movie and sets that tone for like, I'm excited to go on this adventure. Yeah. Best scene I saw was also the riverboat scene. Um, I loved every bit of it. Like, <laughs> there were so many things to unpack in that very short period of time. I mean, Jonathan has a classic moment in this when he's looking for Evie, his sister, and he's just blindly going through rooms like, Evie, Evie, and happens to look in but not look down and ends up humping one of the uh, magi with the hook into a couch that is on fire, setting him aflame. This magi ends up still surviving for like 10 minutes through the scene to chase down like to, like three or four different people with his hand, his hook hand. So the best scene I saw is also from the riverboat ride. Interesting. Wow. <laughs> woo, 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 woo. <laughs> Uh, but specifically, it's the part where Brendan Fraser's character kicks Benny 
off the boat. Classic. Mm, Absolutely yeah. classic. Oh, that's a good fall. We because, laughed about this when it happened. Yeah, yeah, it was it was a great scene. And I feel like what's happening here is is Fraser's character is starting to be established as this really unpredictable rogue, kind of like uh, Nicolas Cage in The Wicker Man, just doing yeah. great doing, callback, doing yeah. doing, <laughs> doing random shit that you just don't expect. Like when he starts with him kissing Rachel Weiss mm-hmm. and then it also you see it later when he picks up Rachel Weiss and just throws her into the bed yeah just kicks Benny off the thing with really no provocation just completely out of the blue <laughs> when he kicked her out when he kicked him off the boat was just kind of established by that point that this is a, a light movie where like there's not gonna be too much horrible stuff mm-hmm. that right. happens yeah and then, totally unprovoked, he just throws him off the boat, and it's like, oh, he left him to die. Yeah, he <laughs> he's, could, he could he's have assuming died. he's going to die <laughs> off the boat now. Yeah, there can and, be there could be really, in, like, serious consequences of that. But yeah. he's not thinking that he's not thinking yeah. that far ahead. Yeah. And it's great, like when Benny gets thrown over in the distance, you can still hear him screaming as like mm-hmm. as O'Connell's like, okay, what am I gonna do next? And you just hear yeah. Benny like, oh my. <laughs> because <laughs> Benny's just the butt of every fucking joke it's great I love it the best scene I saw was in fact not the riverboat scene I settled on Winston's death <laughs> classic when his face is revealed so the plane goes down and when they reveal his like squished content dead face he's got the old school pilot goggles on Looks and like he's a dog yeah he's kind of like smiling and you know that he was content in this death and so just like coming across his like dead content face and then finished off with the majestic music and the Brendan Fraser salute. It was just like the most romantic death of any character I cared the least about in mm-hmm. any film yep. ever. Let's move on to how do you do that? How do you do what you do to me? I'm feeling blue. Wish I knew how you do it to me, but I haven't a clue. Mike, how did he do that? How did he do that? How did Benny really make it throughout the whole movie? Honestly, good question. That guy should have been. It sounds killed. like he got a bony for Benny. Oh, I have a bone to pick with Benny because Benny should have been beaten the fuck up. O'Connell should have beaten Benny to death so many times in this movie. I mean, the fact that he one gets left to die. In the desert by Left Benny being dead. a fucking dick, locking a door to a temple, but that was also weird. It's like, well, why couldn't he just push the fucking door open? Two, he gets on a boat with this guy who literally tried to kill him and leave him for dead, and he does nothing except throw him over the boat, right? That surprises me, actually, because I thought he was a fantastic he character. Was I would like the- to see him snaking around in other movies. He's in- yeah. My How Do You Do That is how did Imhotep manage, when he was buried alive, he was wrapped up in his sarcophagus, Great. scarabs were poured in, Yep. How did he manage to carve a warning? Yeah, in perfect, oh, in, in, in perfect, in like, perfect it is san- san- Sanskrit. Yeah. Oh my god! In yeah. addition to the kerning is per- is, is in addition to I, I would imagine that the, the material in the sarcophagus was some kind of metal, scratching with his bare nails. I know, just countless scratches, yeah. Yeah. and then and then taking and, a break from that. Then, yeah, the pain was the pain was mm. incredible, but he took a break, and carved. This warning for yeah. everyone in the future to see. Back. Clearly, he didn't cut his nails. We know doing, that much. <laughs> doing the math on, like, if that was that many ants that were poured in, I still wouldn't be able to pull that off. Mm. Just, <laughs> yeah. Pollard, 
How do you do that? How did back to the very beginning of the film? How did the Pharaoh not know what was going on with Anaxuna Moon and Imhotep? Yeah. This guy's got so many guards. She's the only. She's the single forbidden female in the entire kingdom, yep. and he's got so many yes men. You think one of them has seen what's going on? Yeah. And is telling him what's going on. And yeah. it's until we see him waltz in there and yeah. catch them in the act that he finds out this affair. This affair has probably been going on for years. Yep. One windy day in Egypt and we all see what's going on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how is it that he's not told, he's not aware, and he's surprised when yeah. he finds out yeah. that his girl is sleeping with his high priest? Come on. How do he not do that? How do he not know that? <laughs> One of two women in the whole movie. So you would think that like, if he had suspicions, he would look at the first woman in the movie. How did Rachel Weisz balance on that ladder? <laughs> that looked tricky. Yeah. It looked tricky. Not impossible, yeah. but it looked tough yeah. for her to stumble upon like, oh, I can balance on this thing. She's on there. She's balancing it in midair for... She gets a Five couple. Seconds, she gets seconds? a couple steps out of it, like she's on stilts, yeah, almost. Right. Like she could almost figure out how to fall back into place. But. How'd she do that? Honestly, Kyle, how do you do that? Um, how did Ardith survive at the end? Artemis, Ardith, aka Arjun, aka Armon. Um, he throws himself on the zombies for no reason. That's the Magi guy? Yeah, the Magi guy. Uh, Magi Ard King. Okay, tattoo. He literally yeah. like throws himself on all of the zombies, and it's like they're not even like intruding at this point They're, you're good yeah man. He, he was a little like it was a self-sacrifice like the other dude earlier it was like you didn't need to do that man like you could have gotten away why'd he do that yeah right. why'd you do that but then like brendan fraser throws another stick of dynamite at yeah. them <laughs> yeah. and then he's literally just outside like yeah i made it out like what's up like see Is you guys later a sling i swear he has like a sling on maybe either yeah. way i don't understand a how he got out B, how the zombies didn't kill him, and C, how the dynamite didn't explode his face. He's probably got some unforeseen powers. Well, that's what I was thinking, is he alludes Magic. to the fact that yeah. like, they've protected it for 3,000 years, and I thought it was like a lineage thing, Yeah, but maybe he's some kind of superhuman. Who do you think like pays their salary? Let's move on to <laughs> That Had to Hurt. Dre. That had to hurt. So my that had to hurt is uh, Mr. Henderson. He is the character that uh, tripped when he was running away from the mummy. It was like and 12 Benny, people. Benny stepped on his glasses. Oh, oh glasses. Yeah, Throwing his glasses. Mess, yeah. <laughs> this was the guy. The uh, John Hamm guy. Yeah, John Hamm guy. Jim, John Hamm. Jim, the, Jim uh, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah. So he somehow managed to survive getting his eyes torn out and his tongue torn out. He's so humbled by this experience that he's just sitting in his uh, in his hotel room. Let's talk shop. Receiving <laughs> receiving a guest, yeah, a stranger that just wants yeah. to visit. Yeah. Him. yeah, let me get my tea. Yes, yeah. <laughs> can I can I offer you some tea? Yeah, <laughs> and he then finds out that the mummy has come back to just suck him completely dry. <laughs> that had he to hurt. That really had yeah. to hurt. Uh. My that had to hurt is exactly the same scene. And it's specifically the way that Benny discusses with him. Like, so we already know that he's got his eyes and his tongue. Yeah. And then the, and Benny explains with the mummy right there, like he's come back cause he wants more. And I was left thinking like, what body part are they going after now? Oh, they're sucking him Because dry. I know that the mummy <laughs> is trying to consummate the whole dead from the resurrecting he's with the Anaxonama. 
And so it was like for a couple seconds, it wasn't clear like he's going to suck his soul out of him. What other body part are they going for? And that moment had to hurt. He's spilling tea everywhere. He doesn't know what's going on. Yeah, he's so he's so meek. At yeah, point. and that's a good point because he's blind. He's mute. He can't do anything. He's also, this is a new experience humbled, for him. He's used to having vision and the he's ability so to talk. Polite. He spent 24 hours going from that tomb to this room, and then this is his first sit down, and but it you, doesn't go well. It was well. a bad but, 24 but you, hours. But you, yeah. have, but you have to wonder. So the mummy takes this guy's eyes, mm. doesn't take True. the glasses. That's right. <laughs> I mean, That's a great point. He's, he's taking the worst pair of eyes yeah. of yeah, all the I legionnaries. That's why he doesn't regenerate that. as quickly. It's just like, <laughs> should have taken better parts, man. Yeah, my that had to hurt was when the pharaoh was stabbed to death. Mm. We've all been there. We've had a mistress who were like, "You're I've my spent, mistress." I've spent so much goddamn money yeah. on body paint. It's insane. Yeah, and it's <laughs> and then to have that, and you get stabbed <laughs> by both parties. That's tough. Fourteen to eighteen man. times, a lot. That had to hurt. Um, so Mike talked about this scene uh, when the dude ambushes Rachel Vice in her room. She takes a lit candle she's holding. Shoves it straight in his eye socket. <laughs> and then, like, moments later, her brother comes in, bumps into him. Yeah. He gets caught on fire. Yeah. yeah. And the worst part that that had to hurt is this man's got a hook for a hand. Yeah. He's lived a hard life. This is just an average day for this yeah, dude. Right. Bad shit happens to him. So it was like, yeah, you got a candle in the eye. Yeah, you got lit on fire. But you have a hook for a hand. You've already seen some shit, and I feel bad for you. That yep, had to hurt. It did. Let's move on to who organizes the reunion. It's so nice to come together, to get together. Pollard, who organizes the reunion? I think it's the brother guy and uh, Jonathan. He's on a different expedition this time and he finds a different key to another mummy in a different city of the dead. Ah, this guy so just stumbles on keys. Yeah, so it's kind of like this One movie, size fits all for the whole city. But instead of Imhotep, it's Tepoim. Mm. It's, uh, instead of Hamun-Ra, it's Moon-Raham. <laughs> and it's kind of the same thing, but different. Not to step on Andreas's thunder, but Billy Zane organized the union. <laughs> he says, I can play the bald guy way better. Let's do this thing again. Let yeah. me play the bald guy. Yeah. Let me be Billy Zane and just do some Zane shit and Zane around. Yeah. Uh, I'm with Pollard. I think Jonathan, the brother, does. Uh, this dude basically contributes nothing of value the whole goddamn movie. No. Debatable. Except his wit and humor, which as a viewer is very valuable. As a partner in this expedition, is worthless. Sex expedition. Uh, he is constantly treating deathly situations for himself and others with so much carefree spirit. Yep. Uh, that he doesn't give a shit if they do this again. So uh, why not try to get that treasure that he missed out on this time? Mike, I'm in the camp that Benny survives, and I think Benny's. <laughs> You're alone in that you camp. Planted that seed. Yeah. Like, well, yeah. like I said earlier, the King Magi, like he somehow survives the zombie mummy of. Apocalypse, and he makes it out alive. So I think Benny does, because Benny's fucking Benny. He's snaky. So Benny survives, and I think he organizes the reunion for a brunch, 
and then proceeds to walk out on the bill. Let's move on to the Clutch Award. Baby, you are so money, and you don't even know it. Kyle, who wins your Clutch Award? Uh, my Clutch Award goes to Winston Havelock, a.k.a. the pilot. Uh, the three dudes stumble into the middle of the desert where this mustached king is living the dream. Surrounded by nothing but mountains of sand, he's got a man holding an umbrella over him while he sits in a chair with a record player and a bar cart. The three guys ask if they'll fly him to Hamanatra, which he accepts, even though they assure him it will certainly lead to his death. And true to their word, he is the only casualty in the plane crash, gets sucked into quicksand, doesn't get a proper burial. The guy holding his umbrella doesn't know he doesn't have a job anymore. But Winston Havelock gets him to Hamanatra in time to stop the ritual. And without him, they are very late and very dead. If you change Winston to McSullivan and sand to cocaine, it sounds like a <laughs> McSullivan beer. Yeah, and fly to puppy party. Yeah, whatever, yeah. <laughs> no, honestly, I don't really know what my clutch award would be. Interesting. Um, it, it was more I just wanted to talk about the legs of Anubis because I thought it was really funny. And uh, I wanted to make more jokes about it, but Polly didn't really reference it in his rundown. That's true. So, uh, the legs of Anubis, yeah, it's more like you could think of like, oh, the legs of Anubis. So yes, my clutch award is the leg of a the legs. I'm sorry, my clutch award Jesus are the Christ. legs of Anubis. <laughs> my clutch award is Ardeth's beard. So uh, our protagonist Fraser, he uh, in a, in a in a critical scene, he has to light some dynamite to throw. At yeah, bodies, he does. <laughs> and he uses Ardeth's beard. Yeah. That's right. Zips the match along that rough beard, lights the match, lights up that dynamite, and blows up some mummies. And we've all been there, so I think that That's was great. really. If his skin wasn't that dry, there's no way it happens. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Clutch. Poulard, who wins your clutch award? So for me. The clutch award has to go to the camels. The camels swimming after the boat is sabotaged. I just feel like they got a long way to go to get to Hamanatra, and without them, they got nothing. So I thought, can camels swim? And I looked it up. The outstanding capability of Karai camel is that it can swim through seawater and survive on land as well. It is able to adapt itself in water as well as on land and is therefore called an ecotonal breed. Its uniqueness is marked by its capacity to swim distances to be able to feed on mangroves. And then they had me thinking to myself, well, what are mangroves? Yeah. Mangroves is a tree or shrub that grows in chiefly tropical coastal swamps that are flooded at high tide. Mangroves typically have numerous tangled roots above ground. Tingled. And that, to me, tingled was completely eye-opening because I thought, man, these camels show up when they need to. Can they swim? Went on What's the internet, a mangrove? <laughs> found out that they can swim. They eat mangroves. I learned a lot about camels, and to me... Oh, I eat mangroves. Kyle, what do you got for quotes? Um, I got one. You were there? I was. You swear? Every damn day. Love it. Yeah. Context? It doesn't matter. Cool. <laughs> so my best quote, um, Alan Parrish of Parrish Shoes says, you. what does a woman know? <laughs> yeah. That was good. I caught that. That was good. Thank you. My quotes all come from Rachel Weiss's character. She starts out by saying, the Bembridge Scholars have re rejected my application again. <laughs> There's a backstory there. We don't she, know. <laughs> She says this quote as she enters the the room where she's scared by her brother popping out of the sarcophagus. Later on, she says, take that, Bembridge Scholars. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Finally, she says, 
I don't have the exact quote, but it's something to the effect of, the Bembridge Scholars didn't say anything about this. <laughs> God damn Bembridge Scholars. Pollard, quote, Emotep, 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 Emotep. That's all I got. All right, cool. <laughs> that was great. Are you a savvy, opportunistic investor? Are you constantly on the lookout for that next big trend? Well, that's why we're excited to tell you about Pyramid Theme. Pyramid Theme is the brand new interior and exterior home design service eager to transform any dwelling into a tomb fit for a pharaoh. For a limited time, you have the opportunity to invest at the ground floor. Sign up now with a one-time non-refundable investment and you will receive your license to become a licensed distributor of licenses to sell to potential investors. Sign up as many investors as possible and watch as they sign up their own level of investors and so on and so on and so on. The more investors tied to your downstream, the more investments will funnel up to you through your upstream. Sign up for Pyramid Theme now using promo code 5GFA and you'll be lucky enough to join our exclusive downstream. And please hurry because this probably won't last. Uh, let's move on to... What takes me out of the movie? What takes me out of the flick? Michael, what takes you out of the movie? How do the Magi see such detail for some, from such great distances without binoculars? There's a scene where King Magi is looking yeah. up on a hill and he looks down at fucking Rick O'Connell. He's like, that one's strong. And it's like, what the fuck, man? You are literally miles away. And he's just staring down into the abyss and says, Yeah. They can well, they can sense guy. it through the Force. Uh, yeah, the, from Star Wars and Indiana Jones. <laughs> yeah. I mean, force things, projection. The Force projection. The Force projection. Yeah. are that, like, Rachel Weiss, Evie mostly just takes me out of the movie because she's really good looking. The butler, like, he sucks. Guns, I mean, booze in Egypt, mummies, those things. What took me out of the movie is kind of like a general thing, but just the comedy dispersed throughout the film. I love comedy in an intense movie, and I think it works so well in the superhero movies of the last decade. But in this movie, it's just so predictable. Like, you know when it's coming. And for whatever reason, when watching it this time, like, none of it landed on me. It was very much like, okay, here's the punchline. They zoomed in on his face. I know it's coming. And none of it fulfilled you know it wasn't like predictable but still funny it was just predictable so Hamanopter is a city no one's ever been to but Brendan Fraser finds it at the beginning of the movie which is fine but then they go on the boat and they have a whole another expedition that is also conveniently going to Hamanoptera at the same time and it's like ah takes me yeah. out of the movie like it's been you 3, guys are years since all roads lead to Hamanoptera and you're on they the same boat yeah. and you're going to the same forbidden city that no one's ever found Eh, I don't buy it. Actually, it's been 3,003 years because Brendan oh, Fraser yeah. was jailed he was for three. So I think like, in those yeah. three years, the Americans could have had a chance to yeah. catch up. Yeah. That's yeah. true. Yeah, fair enough. Let's move on to Mick Mulligan. Dre, what's your Mick Mulligan? My McMilligan is keeping Captain Winslow alive and keeping his... <laughs> Captain Winslow. Captain Winslow Winston, died. Winston. I told you you couldn't Captain read your own Winston. handwriting. No, I like Winslow because it's the guy from Family Matters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, but like my, my McMilligan's about Winston too. So it's I, 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 I love 
They do this yeah. every episode. Yeah, it's good. Oh, yeah, Winston. We're back on Winston. My McMulligan is keeping Captain Winston alive, <laughs> not having him die oh. tragically in the uh, plane crash and being eaten by a quicksand. Uh, I think he was a fantastic character. Should have gotten a lot more screen time, more backstory. Uh, I think they could have made his face even redder, even though it was pretty cranked up at least on the te- television we his nose was huge his he, nose could have been even more bulbous he yeah. looked like a dog he could easily he could easily just been concussed and it's like pull him out of the plane yeah, and exactly. keep him here no exactly. but he fulfilled his desires and dying in yeah battle. but it was so cheap that was like desire. one of the best side stories in the whole i liked that story more than i did any of brendan fraser's character development Jeez. something else that <laughs> happened in that scene that's kind of related is did you guys notice when they they crashed the plane yeah. and jonathan's there and yeah. he's kind of hanging and stuck in the plane, and he's just like, can anybody get me out of here, please? And it's yeah. just like, yeah. dude, chill out. We've all been in a plane crash. Like, we're all trying to oh, figure out yeah. who's still alive. That guy is not willing to wait for anybody. Like, he's a little selfish. He's just Jonathan beating Jonathan. To Dre's yeah. point, like, give a propeller through his head. Something that signifies he's dead, at least. <laughs> yeah. Like, he looked the same as Jonathan in that scene. It's like, wake up, hit him in the cheek. And it's like, no. Also, Jonathan and Maggie were, the they were, they were flying on the wings, and <laughs> yeah. they survived. Oh, yeah. Come on. And, Come on. <laughs> yeah, the and shot I, of the guy on the wing. <laughs> he was just having a good time. Yeah. yeah, they were just holding on to the wing, and they were able to survive that crash. Yeah. And our main man, Winston, yeah. doesn't yeah. make any sense. And Winslow. What are the odds <laughs> he... he Crashes right into a quicksand patch that's very tiny. Yeah, They're just like sucks. five feet away, not getting sucked in. But insults injury. For planes sure. going in again. I think Brandon Fraser knew he was alive and just let him go. <laughs> I just want someone in the group to be thinking about cleanliness. So thank God, I'm the kind of guy that when I go to the beach, like sunscreen's really important to me, and sunscreen always has a spot. And when I put sunscreen on. I have a spot in the shade, and I have to reapply at least every hour. You're a and guy I, who goes to the beach, and everyone looks at you and says, that guy wishes he wasn't at the beach. Yeah, for a few <laughs> minutes every hour when I'm reapplying my sunscreen, yes, I would agree. And I'm diligent about wiping off all of the sand from my feet and stuff before reapplying that sunscreen. I'm just, I'm not that into sand. I just, I don't like it. It gets everywhere, and the people in this movie operate as if it's not even a thing at all. No one's second guessing any of the sand. Like no one gets any sand in their eyes. I mean, sand in your hair, you can't get out for days. Exactly. I just think that someone might be in the group thinking about there might be a shower. If you shampoo your hair, you can get sand out pretty quickly. <laughs> My McMulligan. I would have liked to see Harrison Ford play the Brendan Fraser character. <laughs> I think it would have been a more entertaining. Even in 1999, that would have been a more entertaining. He all this special effects. Instead of two guns, you give him a whip. Yeah, and maybe just, a hat. I'd rather have Harrison Ford with a whip and a hat than Brendan Fraser with all the guns. That's a great idea. Uh, so that's snake, ridiculous. Kyle McMulligan. Uh, my McMulligan is I would write God Hassan, aka the Prison Warden, aka what was his name? Slave Master Willie. Yep, I'd write him out of the movie entirely. <laughs> uh, 
You see him twice for like two lines you of dialogue. See him more than twice. After the scene where they're gonna hang Rick to death, you really just get him hanging along for this expedition just to die by Beetle. That's where he and... earns his name, Slave Master Willie. Continue, Kyle. Um, no, I just I just thought his character was like arbitrary and not needed. So like, make him just take the five hundred bucks and the the denied he wasn't sexual advance. In the five hundred dollar bet. I mean, well, like. The pounds? What? Mike, what was your McMulligan? My McMulligan has been touched upon by uh, my supervisor, Andreas. <laughs> touched. I would... That's not cool, Dre. I that would is like... That is not cool. Touching like, McMulligan like that. Shattering <laughs> dreams since the 2001. Fact, the fact that... Did we, you pull on it, or did you just touch it? He did a little. The fact that... You were Win- the middle seat, huh? <laughs> the fact that Winston... Is only in two scenes is absolutely fucking criminal. He's shit faced in one and dead sober in the other, and it's like I want to know the in between. Yeah, I really want to know. Would have been a great what Winston's like after like a happy hour, and he's like trying to have a conversation. How do you know he was sober when he was flying? Because he was drinking tea. He was pushed out of the museum because he was probably just shit faced. He was knocking over bookcases before dumb Evie was. Yeah, like that guy was. Fucked out of his mind. He was stepping in fountains, being like, "Who spilled their drink?" It's like, dude, if somebody spilled a drink in which you felt it in your socks, you should be very worried. Also, we can, I think, we can presume that he spends every night at this place, yeah, not knowing yeah. that there is pond not, in the middle, not puddle, yeah. Yeah. yeah, like in the middle, not of this taking bar. a nice little trip back to his hometown in Wester, Westchester, 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 Worcestershire. Yeah, that guy's got a good pension. For sure. Yeah, and he can spend a lot of it back in England with his wife. Let's move on to... Sending out an SOS. Sending out an SOS. I'll send an SOS to the world. I'll send an SOS. Spinoff. Origin or sequel. Pollard. This is my spinoff. Instead of Imhotep rising from the dead, they rise up Anoxina Moon... And she thinks Brendan Fraser is Imhotep. So other than that, it's exactly the same movie. It's a little bit of a role reversal. Kind of like a female reboot with yeah. maybe Kate McKinnon. Yeah. yeah. I like it. Kristen Wiig, maybe? Kyle, what's your SOS? Um, I'd like to see an origin spinoff focusing on the bad guy in the sequel to this movie called The Mummy Returns. <laughs> Uh, the movie is set 5,000 years before this movie in the de- notorious city of Gomorrah, where an evil ruler is determined to lay waste to all the nomadic peoples of the desert. The remaining tribes, knowing their enemy relies on the vision of a sorcerer, hires a skilled assassin, Matthias, to eliminate the visionary. It stars Ronda Rousey, and it's called The Scorpion Queen. Pass. <laughs> Pass. <laughs> I'll give you $5,000 for your budget. Sold. My SOS uh, focuses around the Bembridge Scholars. Uh, I want to. I want to see the process of rejection when Rachel Weisz's <laughs> application comes in. They're sitting in a room discussing, and just you know, which merits? What are her merits? How how does she formulate her essay? And then I want to see the aftermath when she reapplies after this. Uh, destruction of Hamanoptra. Mm-hmm. And they still deny her. Yeah, you're crazy. <laughs> that city doesn't exist. Let's move on to genre swap. All right, I'll tell you what you do. 
Pull the old switcheroo. I would like a genre swap with a documentary on Egypt. Please do an Egypt, Ken Burns, BBS. Pollard, genre swap. I want to see an ancient aliens-esque 30-minute docu-episode <laughs> series that recounts the story of Hamunaptra. Aaron already said that. Well, <laughs> yours was no, 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 no. Yours was a documentary on Egypt. Yeah, this is a documentary. Mine's an ancient... either way. No, a no, no. seven-hour Ken Burns doc or a 30-minute ancient this aliens episode. T- Same difference. Ten 30-minute episodes, and it stars... A crazy and confused Brendan Fraser, who's definitely convinced that what he's talking about is real, but none of the audience is. That's all I wanted to get at, was he's ancient aliens, dude. Now here's something we hope you'll really like. Now we're going to turn our attentions to ex-local fanboy Michael Hillary for Magic Mike's Main Minute. Hey, Michael, you're on with the five guys flicking around crew. How you doing, buddy? Hey, yeah, yeah, so uh, the the mummy, right? Why would we watch this movie? I don't understand this movie. David Arquette. What has David Arquette done? What has he done since, what is it, the, the monkey movie, the monkeys, the, the dazzled? I, I don't understand it. The Rock's in it. He's, a, he's good. He knows what he's doing. Uh, okay, he's great. He's getting what he does. I wrote down, hold on, I wrote down a few things. I wrote down that the mummy's a great movie, and he's got good camel dick. There's lots of good camel dick in this. Don't hey, Mike, hey, Mike, let me slow you do. down, buddy. Let me slow you down. Uh, I don't think David Arquette oh, was in this movie. You might be mixing him up with he's someone. He's in the movie. He's in the movie. He's in the movie. I think you're thinking of Brendan Fraser. Fre- no, not Fraser. I never saw Fraser. Fraser not- from Fraser. You don't think of Friends, not Fraser. No, Brendan Fraser. The actor. Oh, Schwimmer. David Schwimmer. I'm thinking of Schwimmer. You're thinking of Arquette. Yeah, you're right. Any any jokes before we let you go? Okay, I got one. I wrote one down here. Hold on. Knock knock. Who's there? Not your dad because he left you years ago. <laughs> he's never coming back. <laughs> he came back one time, but you were at home, and you'll never see him again. All right, thanks, Mike. It's been another magical minute with Uncle Mike. Let's move on to Blu-ray price. How much would you pay for this movie if the only way you could ever watch it again was to own the Blu-ray version of the movie? My price, price is twenty-eight dollars. <laughs> Uh, I think I paid $29 for Fear, and that's my benchmark. Wow. I like Fear more, and this is a dollar under. I'd watch it again. I don't need to see it again, but I really enjoyed it. Mikey, Blu-ray. I've seen this movie in the last two months, twice, so I'd pay $5 for this. One to two times a year, you said, in the opening. Yeah, I mean, that's like true and not true. We won't be having Mike back because we won't be doing Make-A-Wish and also he's a liar. Yeah, I'm also a 37-year-old man. Any movie I watch twice a year, I'm paying more than $5 for Yeah, none of it's a shit movie. You piece of shit. I really enjoyed this movie, so I would pay one bullion blue gold. A blue yon. Yeah, that's a blue yon. For the the blue yon ray. Is that like the chicken stuff you put in soup? So how much is a blue yon worth? In USD, not or not, kroner. No, not copes. Twenty five dollars. I would not pay twenty five dollars <laughs> for this movie, but I would pay twenty four ninety nine. <laughs> and I feel like I'm pivoting a little bit. Like Mike, I was surprised to hear your Blu-ray price because I thought you loved this movie. Yeah, I don't care about. And Blu-rays. you kind of like turned at the end there. Um, I've been critical of this movie a lot, but it is enjoyable. And I think it's something that I want to see again. So for twenty four ninety nine, 
I'm willing to make sure that stays on the shelf. Aaron, what is your Blu-ray price? One dollar for this movie. Mm. Um, Just for the Egypt aspect. Strong. <laughs> if it's yeah. on, I'll watch it, yeah. but I'm not going to, if I'm scrolling by and I see it, I'm not yeah. choosing that. You got it 80% off for what Mike paid. Let's wrap things up with would this movie work as a McSullivan vehicle? I was uh, back and forth, uh, but this movie obviously and definitely works. As yeah, that's a good answer. Yes. It's way just, to go. <laughs> it's just super clear. I don't know how there's any other way to see it. Um, Mac wins a trip to Egypt at the annual New Orleans Police Force Christmas Party. While in Egypt, he's hanging out at the bar and bumps into Winston, a retired British pilot who always wanted more. Mac convinces Winston to fly him out of Egypt to Ibiza, where he hears the chicks are loose and the money is easy. Winston, drunk, takes on the adventure, but they don't get far when they crash in the city of dead, Hamunaptra, nearby. They're both drunk and think they're entering an Ibiza nightclub when they accidentally knock over a lever in the tomb that raises mummies to life. Then it's just Mac meeting and hooking up with a mummy to which he notices has dry skin but doesn't think much of it. When he wakes up in the morning, Winston is dead and Mac is trapped in the tomb but surrounded by treasure. He uses the last of his cocaine while he concocts a plan to escape. The woman mummy he slept with the night before begins coming back to life more and more, slowly gaining all the flesh that she lost and the only way she'll regenerate completely is by sleeping with Mac again three more times. Mac, sobered up, is not into it, but he does sleep with her twice again, because why not? But when she comes on to him the fourth and final time, he's not having it and fights her off, only for her to summon more mummy troops to hold him down while she sleeps with him again, and she regains complete regeneration as he wastes away. He's got some ointment. That's right. <laughs> Kyle. It definitely does work as a McSullivan vehicle. Uh, when the group from this movie get to the aforementioned riverboat scene, the other gang mentions that they have a guy who has been to Hamanoptra. We find out it's McSullivan and his trusty sidekick, Pops, who is leading the American expedition. There he is. When Brendan Fraser pulls out his double pistols against the Magi attacking the boat, Max says, Son of a bitch stole my move and challenges Brendan Fraser to a fist fight. <laughs> The entire ship gathers around as Brendan Fraser takes off his shirt, gets oiled up, and is ready for some old-fashioned brawling when McSullivan Indiana Joneses his ass and shoots Brendan Fraser straight through the chest <laughs> straight through the chest with his double pistols and says in his drunken stupor, Now that's how you kill one bird with two stones. <laughs> McSullivan, proving himself to be the cutthroat alpha, leads both expeditions to Hamanoptra, where he allows the mummy to complete the resurrection so he can bang the hot chick from the beginning of the movie a knox in a moon which mac finds incredibly difficult to say so he just calls her Anne. after betting Anne, he realizes he never banged rachel vice which sets up mcmummigan 2 the librarian's threesome McMummigan. i want to thank mike and andreas for stopping by thank you thank you thank you i'd like to take a moment to thank andreas for being here and that's it. <laughs> Unfortunately, the Matt Bailey funds have run dry. And we don't have return tickets for you guys. 
So it's up we have to a you. First class for Andreas, but that's, that's it. true. You're right. Yeah. You know what? You're right, Andreas. You're fine. You're good. We have a few rations of soup for uh, <laughs> yeah for my uh, for Mike, right? Yeah. Mike, no, yeah, you the, got the, some soup for a few days, and then you're on the streets. Honestly, it's one of the more fiscal res- or fiscally responsible decisions you've made because I am dying. You can email us at five guys flicking around at gmail dot com. You can check us five. out on Instagram. And you need to specify the number. Five guys flicking number around. Number five. You can check out our podcast on Google Podcasts. Number five. They're Apple Podcasts. Well, let's do the whole fucking thing again. Here's the uh, the outro and then the blooper part. So goodbye. Look what I have created. I have made fire. I have made fire. I think this is one of the traits of a really good producer. I'm not ashamed Keep no more. the talent happy. You just killed a helicopter with a car. Bullets. All right, boys, prepare to be dazzled. Break yourself, fool. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I break your concentration? It's important that we get together on this thing. If you had some glue, I'm really good at gluing. I could just glue it. You sandbagging son of a bitch. Y'all ready to bust some ass? Lick a license. Lick her license. We've got entirely too many troublemakers here. I am an FBI agent. You look like a blueberry. I don't give a damn what you think you're entitled to. You know who I am. You that silly ass reporter from the Channel 5 News, ain't you? I'm Mo Green. What are you looking at, butthead? Let's go, let's go, I'm bored, let's go. I was disappointed. I'm not talking about dog dick or cat dick, okay? Camel dick. You came on this pod, we sent you all the way out from Maine, and you talked about getting gangbanged by a horse and a camel. Horse dick? I don't care at all about this guy. Strung out, hungover, and still drunk all at the same time. That's why he has a chaperone. Right, somewhere between the camel stuff and the incest (laughs) porn and the nicknames that were wildly creative and original, but disturbing. (laughs) Fucking Rick. He was talking about a pig's load. However, I was rudely interrupted. That's not a coincidence. Because I'd love to kill myself. That was pretty impressive. Ryan P. Pollard. They missed the sucking the bone dry stuff. You got the chowder. Chowder heavy. Run, you sons of bitches. Chill out. We've all been in a plane crash. There is... The conception of time and does it matter or exist? Yeah, Mike doesn't get the category. I'd bring a gun and I'd shoot myself before I'd get there. <laughs>